Amen. Beautiful job. Thank you, Becca. Turn with me, Hebrews chapter 10 this morning. We will look at verses 24 and 25. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 and 25. Today we're concluding our eight-week sermon series entitled, Asking for a Friend. We've been looking at questions maybe you've wondered about, but you did not want to ask. Uh, You didn't want to ask in church, you didn't want to ask a preacher, maybe you just didn't want to ask them, but uh, we're concluding those, uh, that eight-week sermon series today. I was supposed to have concluded last week, was out sick, and so uh, glad to be back with you today, and we will uh, conclude the sermon series this morning. The series will continue online on my podcast, we'll not be doing it live anymore, but I will continue to answer questions Uh, My podcast is entitled Authentic, and I'll be uh, posting the first one probably this next week. But uh, continue looking at questions maybe wondered about, but you really didn't want to ask. I'll be looking at uh, other questions. The first one's coming up. Are there animals in heaven? Will your pet be be in heaven? Uh, We'll talk about that. What about transgenderism? Is transgenderism mentioned in the Bible? What does God think about it? And we'll look at that question. And what about the unpardonable sin? Uh, is there a sin out there you can commit that is not forgiven, and how do you know if you've committed it or not? And so we'll be looking at those questions coming up in the podcast Authentic, where the series will continue online, but not continue here um, uh, live on Sundays. This morning, to close the series, we're answering the question, is attending church really that important? Is going to church really that important? I mean, Pastor, I'm saved. I'm I'm going to heaven if I die. Attending church is not really that important, right? Because I'm going to heaven. I mean, the church doesn't save you. And if I'll not go to hell if I miss a Sunday or miss a couple of weeks. Or if I don't go all, I'm not going to hell, right? So if that's the case, then going to church really isn't that important, right? Well, you're correct. The church does not save you. Missing church will not send you to hell. Not trusting Jesus as your personal Savior will send you to hell. But the church does not save you. But you will never be the Christian God designed for you to be if you are not active in a local church. Let me say that again. You will never be the Christian God wants you to be. You will never please God. You will never grow as a Christian if you're not active in a local body of baptized believers. Listen to what God said about it, Hebrews 10, starting in verse 24. And let us consider one another... In order to stir up love and good works, notice verse 25, not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Yes, going to church is important. This morning, we're going to look why. 
First of all, I want us to look at the, at the numbers, uh, letter, uh, it's not a letter on the outline, just by introduction, but uh, we'll look at letter A in a moment. Let's look at some of the numbers. The church is at a crossroads in America because the numbers of people going to church are declining. Now, according to a Gallup poll, the number of people who are in church on any given Sunday is 40%. That number has been the same since the 1960s. 1960s, the Gallup poll says, 40% of Americans in church, 4 out of 10, somewhere in church. That number was the same number in the 1960s, 1970s, 1980s, 1990s, 2000s. We're almost to 2020. Gallup poll is still saying on any given Sunday, 40% of Americans are somewhere in church. That number is not true. Actually, the number is 17.7%. The actual number of Americans who attend a church on any given Sunday, it used to be 40% in 1960s. Today, it's 17.7%. That is according to the Journal for the Scientific Study of Research. Kirk Hardaway and Penny Long Marler doing some tremendous work there, and they just basically counted heads. How many Americans are there? One, two, three, four, four. How many people are in church? And any given Sunday, it's 17%. The number of people going is dropping. Millennials today, two out of ten in latest research considered going to church is important. Two out of ten. Now, now, why the vast difference in the numbers? Why the 40% and the 17%? Well, it's something in, in research called the halo effect. And the halo effect is the difference between what people tell pollsters that they do and then what they actually do. And if the question concerns a, a socially desirable, beha- desirable behavior, like do you do, do you do this? If it's socially desirable, they say, oh, yeah, I, I do. And they really don't. So when it goes to, comes to going to church, people know that they probably should, but they don't. So 40% say, say yeah, I'm, I'm there. But the ones who are actually there, 17%. And that number continues to drop. Now, according to the research, in addition, the research shows that a churchgoer is considered, quote, active if they attend church a minimum of 12 times a year. So, if, if you just go once a month, the research considers you active. Now, I, I don't consider you active. I don't, God considers you active at one time a month. But the research does. One time a, a month, and you're considered a churchgoer as far as the research goes. Now, some other statistics that are kind of staggering. Only 6% of churches in America today are growing. 6%. How many churches are there? 375,000 in America. 375,000 churches. 6% of them are growing. 94% have either plateaued, which they run the same number they've always run, but most of them are declining. 
most of them. What's the most common church to decline? Us. A large downtown church that's been there a long time. We've been here 150 years. We're not declining, but that's the most common church to decline is large downtown church that's been there a long time. Of all 50 United States, there's only one state where the church growth is keeping up with the population growth. One state, Hawaii. Of the 49, the church growth is not keeping up with the population growth. There's a, the gap is widening. So the, so the numbers are staggering of the number of people who actually attend church in America that continues to plummet. Now, is God okay with that? I mean, is God saying, well, well really, that, that's okay because being saved is the most important part. You don't really need to go to church. Well, that's, that's not what he said. So let's look at what he said. Letter A on your outline. Two passages I want to look at. The first one is Hebrews 10, 24 and 25. Letter A on your outline. The two passages there. We read the first passage. A- actually, falling out of church is, is not new to us. It started back in biblical days. 63, 64 A.D., Hebrews was written partly because people were dropping out of church. And God had it written to tell them, you need to regather once again, because whenever you come, you stir each other up, and you're, you encourage one another, and you're stronger together. You need to be here. And that's what he told them in, in Hebrews 10. But go to the next passage, Romans 12, verses 4 through 8. Look at what it says. For as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function, so we, being many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. Ministry, let us use it in ministering. He who teaches in teaching. He who exhorts in exhortation. He who gives with liberality. He who leads with diligence. He who shows mercy with cheerfulness. What he's saying is here, no Christian has ever been called to go it alone. You are members of a body as a Christian. And the body needs all of its parts to function. Now, sometimes a body, missing a body part, doesn't function as well. One of my best friends in life, I've known him for 35 years. Uh, he, he worked for, uh, actually still does work for Encore, had an electrical accident and, and lost his right arm. There are some things he can't do as well anymore. Some things he can continue to do. He's adapted very well, but, but there are some things he can't do at all. It's hard for him to button a shirt. He can, he can do it with one hand. It takes him a while. But he's hindered because the arm's missing. 
And you look at the analogy of, of a church, the body is crippled whenever members aren't present. There are things we can do, not as effectively. And then there are some things we just can't do because you're not here. It's the bottom line. You're not here. We can't do them. We're missing an arm. God has placed you in the body for your sake and for our sake. We both benefit. Now, I want us to look at letter B on your outline. I want us to look at seven reasons to attend church. Seven reasons the Bible tells us that we need to be somewhere in church. Number one, God said so. Really, I, I don't need the other six, to be honest with you. I could stop right here. You probably wish I would stop right here. But, but I, I could stop right here because the fact that God has told us to do so should be enough. God has commanded you to be in a body of believers. If for no other reason, I, I call Jesus Lord. The word Lord means boss. If for no other reason I should go to church and you should go to church, is because your boss has told you to do it. At your jobs, if your boss gives you a command, you do it. And as a Christian, the word Lord means boss. And if he says it, we do it. You know, I don't, I don't think a lot of Christians see it in that light. I don't think they see church attendance as something that God has commanded them to do, and if they don't do it, they're, they're disobedient to the Lord. I don't think a lot of people see it that way. But it is that way. If the church was important to God, it should be important to you. And it should be important to me. Well, Pastor, I, I don't get anything out of it. He didn't tell you to get anything out of it. He said to go. He didn't command you to get something out of it. Now, we hope you do. But even if you don't, the command was to go. To be a part of God's body gathered. The bottom line is he's commanded you to go. Number two, second reason to attend church, Jesus attended church. Jesus attended church. I want you to listen to some of these verses. Mark 1.21 says, they went to Capernaum and immediately on the Sabbath, Jesus entered the synagogue. Mark 6.2. And when the Sabbath had come, Jesus began to teach in the synagogue. Luke 6, 6. Now it happened on another Sabbath, Jesus entered the synagogue. Luke 13, 10. Now Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues. Luke 4, 16. And so Jesus came to Nazareth, where he had been raised, and as was his custom, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath. Let me repeat the last part again. As was his custom, on the Sabbath, 
he went to the synagogue. Every Sunday, every Sabbath, Jesus was in church. WWJD, what would Jesus do? Well, he'd go to church. We know that. We're told that. So if, if I want to be like Christ, I'll do what he did. Every Sabbath, there he was in the synagogue. Now, think with me for a moment. If there was anybody on the face of the planet who did not need to go to church, it was Jesus, right? What are they going to teach him? What are they going to say in the synagogue Sabbath? And he goes, oh, wow, that was good. What? What is he going to get out of it? Seriously, what is Jesus going to get out of the service? He's the Son of God. So if there was anybody who could have said, look, I don't need to go because I'm God in the flesh, but you need to go, it was Jesus. But he was there Every Sabbath, there he was. Wow. So if he went, I need to go. And you know, I, I don't need to, to miss for every excuse. You know, I, you know, I was out late last night and you know, that ball game ran late, and we didn't get in till late, and, and I'm tired, and Lord, I, I, you understand, I'm not going to hell if I miss. I know it's not that big a deal. I'm still a Christian. I'm still going to heaven if I die. I'm just tired this morning. But, but what, if, what if you did that at your job? What if, what if you treated church attendance like your job? You'd get fired. And, and Jesus and his body, this is his bride, should be more important than our job. So if he went, I need to go. Number three, God places believers into the context of community. Every time somebody got saved in the New Testament, he placed them into a community of believers. Why? Because he knew you didn't need to go it alone. He placed every believer into the context of a community. No one was to be isolated as a believer and making it the best way they can. God designed us to live the Christian life not alone but together. Yet more and more Christians are abandoning community. Craig Rochelle, uh, one of the pastors of one of the largest churches in, in our nation, said this, quote, Don't reduce your church to the internet. Don't reduce your church to a podcast. Don't reduce church to just a sermon. Because the church is designed to be much more than that. 
You grow as a Christian in the context of community. You serve, you worship, you encourage one another, you hurt with one another, you serve together, you use spiritual gifts. It's more than just a podcast. You need to be in the context of a body. Well, pastor, I can't find a good church. Well, don't be so picky. I mean, you're not perfect yourself. You'll ruin a good church if you, mess it, if you join it. You, you, so, so we just need to find where, where can God use me? Where can he use my spiritual gifts? If you look at spiritual gifts, they're used in the context of a body. Where can God use me in the greatest possible way? And that's where you need to be. It doesn't necessarily need to be here. Wherever. You need to be active in church. Number four. We need Christian community. We need Christian community. Oh, pastor, wait a minute. I, 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 don't, I don't need community. I, I'm strong enough. I can make it on my own. So, yeah, we, we've got these spiritual Marvel characters. They're all superheroes. Captain America and the Incredible Hulk and Thor and Iron Man, Spider-Man. They, they don't need community. But the fact is, you do need community. You need it. In fact, you need it so much that God gave it a special name in the Bible. It's called Koinonia. Now, that's the Greek word that's used in the New Testament, but how does it translate into English? There's not an English word to translate it. There's not an equivalent that we have. Most of the Bibles translate koinonia as fellowship. Well, that's really not what it is. That's as close as we can come. I think of fellowship, I think, okay, we're going to meet after church and have a casserole and talk about the ball game. And uh, Koinonia is, is more than that. Koinonia is something the Bible describes as nobody can experience it on the planet except two Christians. Nobody. You don't get it in a bar with lost folks. You don't get it wherever else. You don't get it anywhere but among God's people. And as a Christian, you need koinonia. You need it to grow. You need it to serve. You need it to please God. You need it to draw closer to God. And the only place you get it is with other believers. For some reason, Christians and even ministers think they don't need it. I want to read you a quote. Look on the screen. The functions of the church are worship, evangelism, edification, and social concern. Look at the last statement. However, these can all be accomplished outside of the church. Is that true? You know who said that? I teach a class uh, every semester at Dallas Baptist University called Systematic Theology, and I teach ministers. Uh, and this is a master's level course, and two weeks ago, we, the topic was the church. We look at different doctrines. It was the doctrine of the church. And on our discussion boards, one of the students made this statement. Functions of the church are, and they're correct, worship, evangelism, edification, and social concern. 
Then they said, however, these can all be accomplished outside of the church. This statement was made by a minister who's going to be leading one of our churches. That's false. It cannot be accomplished outside of the church. Never could. By the way, they didn't get a very good grade on this. This is one of our ministers. No, you, you can't accomplish those things outside of Koinonia. You need community. You don't think you do. You do. Number five, we must belong to a local body of believers. Now, I usually hear one of two statements about the church. One of them is, well, we are the church. I don't need to go to a building because we are the church. Well, technically you're correct. We are the church. It's not a building. But in the New Testament, God commanded His church to gather. They gathered in homes. Homes were churches. They were called house churches. But they were to gather. So I can't just say, well, I am the church. Because a part of the command was not just to be it alone, but to gather with other Christians to form it. Other statement I hear is, well, I'm a part of the universal church. I don't go to a local church on Sundays, but I'm a part of a greater body of believers who are out there, and we are the church. Well, the only problem with that is the universal church, which is a believer, of believers of all time, of all ages, that make up that church, that's only mentioned one time in the Bible in Ephesians. Every other time the word church appears in the Bible, it's always a local body of believers. The church at Philippi, the church at Colossae, the church at Thessalonica, the church in Ephesus, the churches of Galatia, the church at Rome. It was the local body, not the universal church, but the local church was where they were supposed to gather. Look at number six. We grow together more than alone. The Christian life is about growth, right? You want to grow. God designed you to grow. Children we dedicated today, they need to grow. If they don't grow, some, they, they start doing tests. Why aren't they growing? So how do you grow? God has placed us in the context of a body to grow. Eugene Peterson said, if you're serious about growing in Christ, you have to get serious about church. He's right. We grow together more than we do alone. So giving up and quitting does not make you better. I know a lot of people have quit church. Something has happened. They've gotten mad. They got mad at the preacher. They got mad at the music director. got mad at a deacon, Sunday school teacher. Something happened. Church had a policy they didn't like. Happens all the time. But folks, whenever you get mad and quit and leave, you don't get better. 
you get worse. You need each other to grow. And then finally, number seven, be self-giving rather than self-centered. Be self-giving rather than self-centered. So many Christians say, well, I, I, I go to church to get something out of it. That's not the reason to go. I, I go to church to find something to help me through the next week. And, and I hope you find that. But even if you don't, that's not the reason you go. You don't, you don't go because it's a self-centered motive. It's a self-giving motive. You see, whenever you're here, you have things to give. If nothing else, your presence gives something. God never blesses selfishness, but he always blesses self-giving. God wants you to give, not just to get. Henry Nguyen was a um, Danish theologian. You'll see his picture passed away a few years ago. He, he had some wonderful insights into the Christian life, different aspects. And he wrote a book. He wrote many books. But here's a, a good one. It's called Show Me the Way. I want you to listen to one of the quotes from, from Dr. Nguyen in, in his book, Show Me the Way. He said, listen to the church. I know that isn't a popular bit of advice at a time and in a country where the church is frequently seen as an obstacle to Jesus. Nevertheless, I am profoundly convinced the greatest spiritual danger for our time is the separation of Jesus from the church. The church is the body of the Lord. Without Jesus, there can be no church. I've yet to meet anyone who has come closer to Jesus by forsaking the church. Folks, I, I've not met that person either. I've never met a person ever who has ever drawn closer to Jesus by forsaking his bride. I hope today God will impress upon your spirit the importance of being involved in his body. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your word today and thank you for teaching us. And God, I just pray that in a culture that continues to decline and decline and decline 17%, Lord, now, that, are, that any Sunday are with your people. Father, it's my prayer today that you would help us to make a commitment to be the people you want us to be, to grow in the context of community. Father, I pray today that you would help us, if we've never trusted Jesus as Savior, that today would be the day we'd come to you. But Father, if we are Christians, if we are saved, I pray that we'll make the commitment this morning Whenever your people gather on Sunday, like Jesus, we're going to show up. And it's in his name that I pray. Amen.